mic checks. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just feel it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. Niggas are I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rare room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy. Your you look so happy today. I, I'm actually really happy. I, I got my like, man. I got my man here. This is gonna all, be a cool he's all show. Cheesing over here. It's like, you know, can you see a brand new day? Exactly. I'm like, look, good lord. I'm like you when you had Pilar here. Though. Oh look. my god, I know, I know. <laughs> you should have seen her, Greg. She was I know. cheesing. I just, she was like this. Fan, it's like a fan squeeze. Like I know this person. <laughs> I've babysat in her house. I hung out with her. What is wrong with me? Yeah. Continue on, sir. Continue. So on. what's up, y'all? Again, this is Hilliard Guest with the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. Yeah. See, we got that right that time. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've been practicing. You've been practicing? I've been practicing. You've been, you've been on your ones and twos? I've been lifting, <laughs> lifting weights for that moment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she, she on that Gray Jones diet. Look at her. Uh-huh. <laughs> get it in. It's a fantastic. Well, we'll get into it, but oh, I'm we'll just excited because I have so many questions, but I'm just going to be, I'm going to be good. <laughs> so on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, shit like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Right. So y'all hear her voice. That's my girl, Lisa Bolakaja. On the ones and twos. Huh? Are you um, on the ones and twos? I'm on my imaginary ones you on and the twos. Picky, picky. Uh-huh. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know. It's been a good summer. Uh-huh. Very productive summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the end of summer, sadly. It is indeed. You know, but I'm trying to keep that... That happiness. You look kind of zen today. I know. I'm, I'm trying. You act like you got something last night. Well, I'm going to What's San Francisco this weekend. for. Oh. I'm going to a wedding okay. this weekend, and okay. it's a pirate-themed wedding, and it's going to be on a boat. <laughs> so I have all this pirate gear, and it's like, it's fun. It's dress up. It's like, I'm part of the wedding, you know? Okay. So I've got my pirate at the hook. i got my fake parrot. i got my pet. Don't be laughing. I've got my eye patch. I've got my flask of rum. That wasn't part of the costume. I just had that you with me. You know that me. was part of the costume. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm feeling good. Continue. Good. Continue. So, <laughs> that's why we call her the street nerdist. Uh-huh. You understand? The street nerdist. The what? The professional street why, why nerdist. Why do you call that? Because I can be street when and I need to. Get dirty and goodly and do what I got to do. <laughs> and why else? And I'm very nerdy at times. <laughs> My fandom is thick and real. It is. Yes, she it a is. fan girl. She one of them. I nerd hard. Uh-huh. Believe Just like Ray. I know. Uh-huh. He, hard, he does too. We're going to get into that. I know. So that's what's up, y'all. We are, you guys listen to the Screenwriters Rant Room. As you see, we are just crazy as hell. So if y'all ready, and if you're grown, let's get it in. Buckle up. So today, we got a special, special show for y'all. Mm-hmm. Now, Lisa and I are huge, huge fans of yours. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big time. Big time. Thank you. So we got my man, Gray Jones, on here from the very, very world famous. I got to call it world famous. It world sounds famous. famous. <laughs> it's world Supreme famous. Team. It's world famous. Yes. It's, it's branded shit, right? Uh-huh. So we got my man, Gray Jones, on here, you guys. TV writer podcast. Mm-hmm. You guys know who he is. I don't even have to tell y'all, mm. right? TV writer podcast, producer, writer, editor. You direct? No. What do you mean, no? <laughs> so, you one thing I never did. You could have slipped it right in, and we would have uh-huh. worked it in there. What did you direct? My life. There you go. Look, my book. You can make it uh, work. So while we're at it, um, all you guys, I'm telling you right now, we have listeners all over the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody right now, go on Amazon. Get it. Get the new book. 
Get it. It's called breaking in the screen, breaking in the TV writing, insider interviews. I'm telling you, it's all it's, about it's, breaking It's two dollars ninety nine cents. Two ninety nine, and it's worth more than that. Yeah, it's worth more than I that. I was like, this is some cheap shit. Like, like, I'm, like, I'm like, you know what? Uh huh. Get it. Go get because it because the price is gonna go up. I'm just telling you. <laughs> like he's got so many resources in there. Like my poor Kindle. Like everything. I think the whole book. Is like, I'm, I swear to you. I think my whole Kindle is lit. Uh, I was like, you know what? Let me just highlight the whole entire book. I know. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh my God! Someone else who knows, who understands. So very good. Get the book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for writing this book, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. This this book is necessary. Mm -hmm. It is current, and it's funny because some of the interviews I believe kind of go back, but they all still are progressively telling you what to do next. Mm -hmm. What to do next? Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody has a different way in. Yeah. Um. So let's get into you a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit about where you come from. Okay. Because um, <clears throat> I really want to spend a lot of time talking about the book and your writing and, you know, shit like that. Mm. Right. Cool. So where are you from, my man? I, I was born in Edmonton, known for the <laughs> Edmonton Oilers Edmonton. in Canada. I grew up in Calgary, known okay. for the Calgary Flames, and went to Toronto in 1990 to okay. study uh, film and television at York University. All right. Mm. One of my favorite sci-fi writers is from there. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Nala Hopkinson, right. who teaches at UC Riverside sci-fi. It's like, I'll, I want to get to Toronto. <laughs> Gotta get to Canada. You know, for some reason, it's like, I think of Canada as like, you know, the places where they wear sweaters and they're like, <laughs> like it's kind of like America, but thank um, God it's not, you know, um, that kind of thing. It's like, uh, it just seems so cool and just so relaxed. <laughs> like, like, literally, I'm not saying my political affiliation because I really don't have any, but there was a time where I thought I went online and took the Canadian like citizenship test really? where I thought, I should just move to Canada because hmm. you guys have so much going on up there that's just mm-hmm. so cool and it's multicultural. And I just thought, let me, and I got a C on the online test. You got a C on it. I got a C on it. Okay. Well, I hadn't studied any Canadian history really, <laughs> but I thought that was really good. So just gonna if it, I right? need to run away to Canada, I will be a C plus citizen. <laughs> See what I got to deal with? Yeah. Every week. This is this crazy. But go ahead, go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Go. Yeah, so I, so I studied uh, film. I, they call it film and television, but it was, it was really film. There was almost no television. And yeah. this, is, this is the best screenwriting school in Canada, mm-hmm. and there, there was virtually no television at the time. Wow. This was early 90s, and everything was all about features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was accepted into the USC grad program. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't afford to go. Oh, <laughs> God! When I read look, that, when I read that in the book, I just thought, "Oh, the shattered dreams." But here's the cool part, God. though. Uh-huh. Here's the cool thing, though, is that you still made it happen. It's still, you know what? You see what I mean? I think it was a blessing in the skies, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and I bet you do too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a really roundabout way, and right. and I mean, I, I admit there there are times that I because I I interview a lot of writers, mm-hmm. and I know who would have been in my USC class. Oh, interesting. And they're showrunners now, yeah, creating shows in Hollywood, uh-huh. and so there's a little tiny bit of me that that says, oh, what if you know Groundhog Day? <laughs> what if I'd taken a little different Aww. path? Uh-huh. But you know, I mean, I, I I've gotten an extremely well-rounded life mm-hmm. um, before finally making it here. What, 16, what, how many years later is it? Mm, 20 years later. Right. And, uh, and I wouldn't go back and change it now. Sure. But it sure has been a different path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did you always know you wanted to write? Or how did that come about? I, I always knew I wanted to, to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I always knew I wanted to work in entertainment. Okay. Um, I, I didn't know what form it would take. I, okay. I actually read George Lucas's autobiogra- autobiography in... Uh, Boy, I think it was 
14 years old. So this mm. is going way, way, way back. Wow. Um, Last year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's when I said, I just, I got to get to Hollywood. I got to, I got to produce film, television. I don't know what. Um, I, I got to be a creator of, of this stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and it took me a long time to get here, a lot longer than I thought it would, 28 mm-hmm. years. Because it's funny, I've been listening to your podcast for years, and I noticed even when you did your Chuck versus the podcast, mm-hmm. you talked about coming to L.A. at some yeah. point. I'm like, when is this motherfucker going to move to L.A.? Yeah. Talk about Chuck. Well, you, you got to understand, it's, it's actually really, really hard. Yeah. Really hard for Canadians to come. To, yeah, I mean, it would, it would have been easier if I was in Lebanon. Really? Um, to, to get a green card for the LA okay. or for, wow. for coming into the USA okay. than come from Canada because we're, you, we're a competition. You're a threat. You, you're a threat. Just yeah, like, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> we're, Canadians are a competition uh-huh. and so they want to limit how many come in. We're not even, we can't qualify for the lottery really? to, to come in that okay. way. And, and the thing is, television is all, is all contract work. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do contract work on a temporary work permit which is usually the path that you have to take in wow. the industry. So, so actually, the, the green card that, that I ended up getting mm-hmm. was a green card that's reserved for like Olympic athletes, really? Nobel Peace Prize winners, wow. um, uh, Academy the, Award winners. You and, got the platinum one. Right? And, 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 I, and, and I just <laughs> happened to he, he qualify for up. enough. <laughs> but, uh, but literally, it was the only way I could have done it. Okay. Wow. I mean, now, now, how many years did that take from the process to... Uh, it took about five years. Really? Um, uh, five years of when I really got active mm-hmm. in pursuing it, mm-hmm. about five years. But see, the cool thing about that, though, and I'm sure you've analyzed this to some extent. However, had you been here, you still could have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. All those, those interviews you did over the last five years, you've been doing it for at least five, five six years now, right? Uh, I started uh, January 2008, so 2008. about six years. Yeah. Um, but all those interviews you've done over that time, has de- you've developed quite... A list of friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm sure shit is starting to happen for you right now, which we'll get into in a little while. Oh, yeah. But um, so that helped mm-hmm. to an extent, you know, that you were interviewing them all during that time. Yeah. If I, if I had been here, I never mm-hmm. would have done that. Oh, okay. And uh, I've, I've, I've done, I think, 220 plus mm-hmm. interviews. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's crazy. The kind, I mean, just last night I got an email from um, Scott Rosenbaum who oh, did really? gang related. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm constantly in touch with with the showrunners and, and writers that I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like in and it was all because I was like that that racehorse that was mm-hmm. stuck in it and couldn't couldn't get out. And so mm-hmm. I said, I got I've got to somehow get right. connected. <laughs> got to make something happen. Yeah. Now, see, I have this little phrase that I call um, Lisa because Lisa is a movie buff to the hundredth degree. She's mm-hmm. seen damn near every movie. Every time a movie comes out, she's already seen it before the motherfucker came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I say, I call her a cinephile bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, you a cinephile bitch. You a cinephile. And I was like, I'm going to have to give something for Gray. And it's like, Gray is like the TV buff to the hundredth yes. degree too. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm like, we're going to call him a TV file bitch. Okay. TV file bitch. <laughs> okay. That's going to get you a shirt too. Uh-huh. <laughs> TV file. TV file. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Because you like totally love television. I do. Seen, I do. I mean, you, you are like, like Lisa. Lisa is a research junkie, too. I know, mm-hmm. I know that you are, too. Whenever you interview somebody, you know fucking everything about them. Yeah. You know, you go inside the actor's studio on them. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little more lazy about that. I'm like, let's meet this motherfucker and talk to him. <laughs> but trip. Um, so that, that's a really, really cool thing that I've learned from you is your passion for knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
any book that comes out, he's already read. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You were like already on top of whatever the latest thing is all yeah. the time. Was that always something that you had, or what? Yeah, you know, it, it was because uh, it was a bit of a reaction to um, my film school experience. I, what happened was, film school in the early '90s was not great. I mean, they've they've changed a lot since then. But sure. say say for instance, I graduated with a, a, a degree in screenwriting. Okay. And Features. I had. Degree in screen, yes, mm-hmm. so feature writing. Mm-hmm. I had barely finished one feature really? that hadn't been rewritten. Hmm. We, we had read one book on screenwriting. Yeah. And throughout wow. the four-year course, we had not read a single screenplay. What? What? And, and I, I have, a and diploma. have a degree. Yeah, I have a degree on my wall <laughs> that says that I graduated from that. Wow. And, and so I, and, and I felt at the time like, I'm. I can't. I can't write. I don't know how to write. Really? At the end, after having this degree wow. on the wall, and and that was a lot of why I actually I share in my book. But mm-hmm. I I went out of entertainment completely for a yeah. while because I was wow. just like, if I don't know now, then mm-hmm. how could I possibly mm-hmm. think that I could mm-hmm. do this? Mm-hmm. And then later on, I I discovered. I mean, I got book after book after book. I think I have forty on my shelf mm-hmm. now. And and I realized, wait a second, you can learn this. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a process to it. I mean, you you have to. I believe you have to read a lot of scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great books that you can read. You've got to practice mm-hmm. the craft over a long period of time, but it can be learned. Absolutely. Right. And so as soon as I discovered that, I just got insane about reading everything I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious about that because I noticed that about you. It seems like, because you have so many people on who are you know promoting the book or whatever, mm-hmm. and you've already read it and you were like so detailed on explaining things in the book mm-hmm. you know like word for word yeah. so I'm like damn he reads his fucking mm-hmm. ass off mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I just compliment that because we talk about it all the time and mm-hmm. you talk about it in your book you gotta study your craft yeah. you gotta get it down and that's like you know, the most invest in that's your the career. most basic of basicness mm-hmm. of basicness sure and it, people miss out on it so much so that I was just I, that's probably why I was like highlighting your book so much because mm-hmm. a lot of those principles just basic honing the craft and reading and just learning and so many mm-hmm. people just want to skip that step it's like they don't want to do the apprenticeship they just want to be like and here's my script and i'm a million dollar person and i'm a showrunner and it's mm-hmm. like you can't you can't make that leap that way it's mm-hmm. like we have you, people you, you really have to go back to almost like the medieval days where <laughs> you get your apprenticeship you get your mentor and you study and then you start to step out and do mm-hmm. things and so many people just don't want to do that sure and i know you talk about that in one of the um the interviews that's in the book where we have like these these helicopter parents mm. and how that was one of my notes yeah too. and that, one of the things it. that's really interesting that mm-hmm. he talks about in the book is this idea that the new people who are coming in they just want to have instant gratification because they've had like parents and people who have made life so easy for it's them entitlement mm-hmm. and sure. that enti- and they come in mm-hmm. with that like you know mm-hmm. there was a part in the book you're talking about well yeah they would come in and be like yeah so instead of like hey get my coffee do this hey so how do I get an agent and how are you gonna hook me up mm-hmm. I'm like bitch you just got here two months ago <laughs> <laughs> you know how, how does that work should not be VP already how should you know <laughs> uh, should I be like you know shadowing you right exactly, now I'm like yeah. you need to get the coffee and make those copies <laughs> mm. wax on wax yeah, off but, I, yeah. but within the last 10 years, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, not just in the screenwriting industry, but just life in general and other mm-hmm. industries. It's kind of like nobody wants to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's really like, it's disheartening because I think it's, it's really going to show in the type of quality, especially for the, those of us who read scripts mm-hmm. for contests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit really shows in your oh, yeah. script. Like, we yeah. can tell when you have not studied. Oh, yeah. Well, or and, read and not only that, it, it, like, it, that attitude 
make somebody present their very first script out to the industry. Mm -hmm. They, they, they want to, like, you know that when you, when you read that script, that was the first one they ever did. Oh, yeah. Where, meanwhile, the, the writers that I interview, mm -hmm. the, the script that broke in might have been their 10th yes. or 15th or 30th right. script. Mm -hmm. right. And they just kept on writing and mm -hmm. writing and writing and writing. Mm -hmm. Now there's this, this attitude that the very first thing I do, who knows it's, if they've even done a second pass on mm -hmm. it. It's like the vomit draft mm -hmm. is, is being sent out. That's mm -hmm. true. And it's, it's baffling. Mm -hmm. that, and, and, and I don't know why, but the, there's a... There's a there's an industry that perpetuates this, and mm -hmm. and we can I don't know when we talk about that, but there there's a, a a big industry that that's come out to to feed on these people that that are trying to break in, mm -hmm. and and it's and I don't know why, but the, it isn't taught that you have to work and work and work and work. Sure. It's taught let's take this one idea you have, mm -hmm. and and make that the one. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing I, I love about Bill Taub's book, I just had had him um, love Bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bill's mm -hmm. awesome. Is he, even when you have this amazing idea, he says, mm -hmm. great, find two more and then come back mm -hmm. to me. Right. He, he won't take your first idea. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, his, his attitude is the first one is always the one that's on the surface. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to get past that one. Mm -hmm. It's like that first script, you, you had to get it out mm -hmm. so that you can get to the deeper parts mm -hmm. of, your, of what's, what's inside you. But sure. it couldn't get out until that first one was out. Sure. Right. Well, I'm not going to lie. When I first started out. <laughs> <laughs> when we all first started out, look. <laughs> Where before I even, you know, when I just had the, let me try the screenwriting thing, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, at least I did at least get one book. And then started writing. And then I did have that where you would do the whole, you mail it off and then you wait. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day before, you know, email and all that, you still, you, know, <laughs> you, you did the snail mail and you put the stuff out there. Mm -hmm. But it was like all your eggs in one basket and you sat there and you're like, this is the one. And it wasn't until <laughs> I met like pros where they were like, mm -hmm. honey, it took me like 15 years before I even, I even felt like I could write a good script. Yeah. So. Part of me thinks that that kind of like blind, naive, you know, that naiveness, that energy, mm -hmm. I think a part of that is really cute and it's needed just to get you to think that you can even do it. Hmm. But I think what happens is there's nobody there. I don't know if there's no mentors or, or how we're talking about now. No one studies or talks to anybody or mm -hmm. reads and figures out that there's more work. And mm -hmm. I don't think people want to work anymore. Yeah, yeah I said it. I said it. Well, I put no, it out there. It, people it, don't want to work anymore. But I put it like this. I mean, <laughs> like I've never drank, smoked, or did drugs in my life. Mm -hmm. However... Every time I write fade out on a script and I know I got 10 more versions to do of it, I'm like, I should have like a drink of wine or something. It's just something about finishing. You celebrate mm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah, celebrate you know? that. And I wonder if, in all fairness to the new writers, if there's a little bit of, I finished it, I did it, it's ready to go, but they just don't know that it's no, ready to go. No, but what you need to do is, is take that energy like, yeah, hey, I yeah. did it, and celebrate and do that and just know that okay, that's just the first leg mm -hmm. of the journey sure. and start working on the next project mm -hmm. and then give yourself time to let that breathe like a good bottle sure. of wine, even though you don't drink. A good a good <laughs> bottle of wine. You got to let it breathe a little bit, you know. Let it sit there, you mm -hmm. know. Let it let it look at you and wonder, how will, I, how will I be when I go inside of your body and fill you with such warm goodness? You see what I got You know, <laughs> and it's like, you have to you know, celebrate that. And I, I still to this day, any short story, any essay mm -hmm. I finish writing, any script mm -hmm. I finish writing, first place I go to is Sprinkles. Sprinkles, y'all need to give me some free cupcakes. <laughs> I, I, it's a ritual. And it's, it's just like my little, you know, little props I go here. get my nails it's, done. It's that subconscious thing where I tell myself, you know what? 
this is the story at this moment that mm-hmm. you wanted to write. It is mm-hmm. all yours. That sure. is all you, boo-boo. <laughs> and I go and I get that cupcake. Uh-huh. I get that shot. A little shot glass of Patron. <laughs> you know, that's the only time I really drink the Patron. And I okay. celebrate that moment. And I revel in it. And I enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But with the understanding that... That's there's probably, still more work there's to probably do. going to be like 15 drafts. This, oh, yeah. it's, the story's going to be probably totally different mm-hmm. from when I did it. But in that moment, you do have to revel. Yeah, and I, I can think relate to that. That's that. I think that's that little bit of joy and happiness that you have to ride it out. Like, you got to yeah. use that because mm-hmm. the kryptonite is coming, people. <laughs> it is coming, <laughs> yeah. you know? And True. just use that, that excitement. But, you know, like I said, we all have that thing where we write that script and we're like, this is the one. I've, I've made it. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Now, and I think that's why your book is so important, is having real people who are doing it to be able to tell people, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and enjoy that moment. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to do some work. And mommy and daddy are going to be here to yeah. you know, call up the, the person and say, my son and daughter is great. Yeah. Them. So let, let me ask you, Gray. Because mm-hmm. um, I also want to get into one of the things I think is really important. Because <clears throat> I know that you have so many tons of, of, of your listeners are Canadian who would love to come over here and do what you did? Mm-hmm. You know, now you've made the leap, mm-hmm. you've yeah. taken the plunge. Right. Um, but let me just back up just a little bit. I just want to talk about how, because I know you're like a total techie. Mm-hmm. Like you know about cameras and freaking computers and editing and all. Yeah. that. How did you get into editing and how does that work with what you do? Because you've done like I think whatever 180 something hours. 196 in now, but okay. um, well, it basic, basically, I I took a big diversion. I I at after. I got accepted into USC and then couldn't afford to go. Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty distraught, and and I didn't see any p- easy path in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I just thought the reason I'm not writing well is because I'm I I don't know people well enough. Mm-hmm. I'm 22 years old, and sure. maybe there was a there was a case of that. I actually took a, a job um, in Christian ministry counseling people, okay. and thought this is a great way to learn about what's really inside people. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended up going a few years longer than I thought it would mm-hmm. so six years later I, I decided wait a second I, I have to get back into entertainment what I really wanted to do they call and him it, they call him Reverend Jones now just so yeah you know. <laughs> and 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 what had happened in that time I mean if you remember 94 to 2000 mm-hmm. that's when the digital shift happened mm-hmm. and so there were completely different processes mm-hmm. for for how to do everything mm-hmm. and so I, I had to basically, basically just learn from scratch and, and editing was something that um, i Really thought this is just the easiest way to break in. It's, it's mm. the quickest path to a paycheck and the easiest thing that I could sure. learn. And I ended up really enjoying it. Um, and especially in reality TV and documentary, which is what I, I mm-hmm. did, um, reality TV editors are storytellers because um, you're crafting the story. The story mm-hmm. Because the story is not pre written, right. um, you're crafting the story from the footage that, okay. that you record. And so I, I think I really, really like that. That part of it, um, working with the characters, crafting the stories, mm-hmm. um, but just as I got more and more and more into it, I, I realized that this wasn't meeting the need that I always had, which was to be the one who was creating the stories. Absolutely. Because even, even though I could do a lot of storytelling within it, I could even, I mean, I, I write a lot of the VO for the hosts and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, I'm always kind of the tail end of it, mm. where... Uh, I really wanted to be the start of it. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, I just wanted to figure out like um, your whole getting into editing and how that transitioned for you um, into writing. Or was that more like your day job and writing is 
what you, your goal is to really be. Well, I, I, I would say it wasn't until, I, I can't remember if it's my first book or the second book I'm writing, but I, no, it, it wasn't the first book. I really came to kind of a, a midlife crisis of sorts, so mm -hmm. a little earlier than midlife for most people. I think I was about 35 at the time. Okay. And, uh, and I had been editing for a few years. I even took a few, I, I was an executive for a few years, and, okay. and, um, and I just realized I'm here in Toronto. I'm not writing. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to look back at what my original goals were and realize I'm not I'm not there I'm not where mm -hmm. I originally wanted to be, okay. and uh, and so I had no idea at that at that point I'm 35, mm -hmm. and uh, and really Which hadn't is done old, right? any any <laughs> writing between 22 and 35, okay. um, and and I, I said okay how do I start from here. And that's mm -hmm. when I started reading every book I could find. So you almost started, did to start over. Yeah, I really, really started over. I, mm -hmm. I, I read every script I could find. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, and, and even at that point, I thought I was going to do features. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I started, I even started writing a feature um, and, and reading tons of feature books. And, the, and then as I learned more about television, which I had never really learned about, mm -hmm. I discovered that that was going to be a lot more, I mean, as one thing I have learned about my nature is that I am very collaborative. Okay. Um, and, uh, and workshopping stories is something that you do a lot in reality TV. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, I, and I learned about television that it was much more suited to my writing style, my thinking, my way of thinking. Okay. And so that, at that point, that's when I, I said, I got to learn more about this. I love television, mm -hmm. but I got to learn more about writing for television. Okay. And that's when I started uh, podcasting as a, as a way of just learning everything I could about the TV industry. Um, interviewed a lot of actors, but then also interviewed writers, interviewed set people, learning every part of the process. Okay. Okay. Now, when you started doing <clears throat> the podcast, the Chuck, mm -hmm. Chuck versus the podcast, did you, were you just initially doing it like like we're doing this, or did it come from the top down that you were going to be the guy who handled Chuck? Uh, it, it was it was just happen? like this. Uh, okay. It was all it was all by Skype. It was all mm -hmm. by reaching out to people through publicists, through Twitter, through Facebook. Okay. Um, uh, it, it was not an official one. It wasn't wasn't the NBC. Or, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was. I mean, there ended up being other podcasts after that, but it was just I happened to be the first, and because I was the first, I I ended up getting a lot of great did interviews. Did you do like hundred sixty something episodes? Hundred. Yeah, there were hundred seventy, <laughs> hundred seven episodes mm -hmm. all told. One hundred sixty four interviews or guest wow. guest appearances. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a lot. Man. Yeah. Huh. All right. You got a question, please? No, I was looking at my, my note on my thing on here, but no, no, keep going. I, I do have some questions, but I mm -hmm. want to make sure we give him give okay. great time to go in a little before I okay, start be, plucking his brain. Before we get into that, let's because mm. I think this is important. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. Because um, we started talking about your move to L.A., and I just want to talk about, because um, you were in Toronto, you were working in Toronto. Yeah. So the differences between being there, there's tons of shows mm -hmm. there, What? why here instead of there? Uh, I mean, one, one of the things is that there's one-tenth of the people in Canada. I mean, just population-wise, okay. there's one-tenth of the money uh, in, in entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're, they're extremely reliant on things like tax credits, mm -hmm. on government um, programs, okay. and, and things like that. There, there is a ton of work that's done, but it all tends to be, I mean, when you have less money... There's a lot more reality TV because it's cheaper, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of of scripted stuff that's shot there. Mm -hmm. um, but the scripted shows that are produced in Canada—I mean, last few years there's, there's actually been a few really good ones that have come out. Mm -hmm. But um, especially back, we're talking to eight, ten years ago, mm -hmm. 
there was very little that was even exported outside of Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I just, I just thought that's not the pond I want to be fishing. Okay. Um, it, I tended to watch U S shows mm-hmm. and, um, and it was just a lot more interesting to me to be in a bigger market where there's lots more money, at, mm-hmm. which means a lot more opportunities. And I, I just liked the storytelling that was being done here better than I liked the story, storytelling right. that was being done in Canada. No, that's honest. That's yeah. fair. I was just curious about, like, is there, <clears throat> because I hear you interview a lot of, like, showrunners over there mm-hmm. who have shows. Yeah. Um, are, are the rooms totally different there? Are they smaller? Totally are different. they... Are they, does, does a showrunner tend to write most of the episodes there? Because um, I know that like in England, like. Oh my God, when I look at oh, the credits, there's like, it's yeah. the one writer, one director. Like one writer, like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? So I didn't know if there was some similarities there. And... Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of halfway between England and here. Okay. Um, actually, England I find really fascinating. Yeah, like you can actually sell, like you can, you can actually sell an option to a pilot script. Yeah. Where, just like you would sell an option to a feature. A feature, yeah. And, and I mean, that's fascinating of course you, everybody's writing, writing pilots mm-hmm. here they can't get a, a dime from them mm-hmm. um you could actually sell or sell the options at least to the pilots mm-hmm. there which is which is really cool um in in canada there's some really fascinating differences mm-hmm. about the the way the rooms are done i mean here here in la you might have um two three weeks at the beginning of every season where the writers are together in the room kind of figuring out the arcs that are going to happen what kind of stories you want to tell mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, that that's on steroids. They'll actually hire <laughs> they'll actually hire writers just for the de- development of the season. Okay. So they're only in that process, mm-hmm. and they're not just coming up with the the arcs, but they're actually breaking the stories for the for season, the season. Okay. Um, right mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then those writers won't be in the show. Mm. They'll they'll leave, and then there'll be just maybe three four writers who are left who will will just sit sit down and implement the, the stories that they broke well, in the beginning. Well, it's funny you say that. I was telling Lisa, <clears throat> I probably have been on maybe like three or four different shows, but mm-hmm. have done the exact same thing. Oh, but really? I go off and write it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where I put together a room, small mm-hmm. room, three or four people, yeah. and then I go off and write the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, it's, it happens here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's mainly because producers can do it themselves now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're planning to shoot the pilot themselves, so they hire a guy like me or Lisa or mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and we put together a small room, and I bring in a couple guys, we put it all in the book. Matter of fact, this show I was doing right here yeah. was this show I just finished doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I had writers in here, we worked it all out, and then I went off and wrote the pilot. Yeah. You know well, I mean? it's, it's more common in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of that happening here in, in comedy, where mm-hmm. Where you have a, a times thirty right, sure. writers who are just like you know mm-hmm. spitting jokes out, workshopping, yeah. workshopping, workshopping, mm-hmm. um, and and then you, get, I mean, you might have only a small fraction of those who are actually going to be writing the scripts. Um, but in in Canada, that'll happen in in drama as well. Okay. Uh, it's much much more common to do that. Okay. Hmm. Well, well, here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. And you talk about it in your book. And, and I, I want to make this, it's a question that I actually have because me coming from a feature background mm-hmm. in fiction writing, transitioning into writing TV for the first time, mm-hmm. even though I watch tons of TV shows mm-hmm. and I love TV, and I've recently come back to TV with a vengeance because <laughs> yeah. stuff is just yeah, so amazing. Yeah. Okay? So what I want to ask you um, is this, and I'm asking it for myself too mm-hmm. and for everybody else and this because the one thing is this with television writing there are so many writers who are transitioning who were already probably 
writing shows or maybe coming from film who are coming into TV, mm-hmm. what should an aspiring TV writer and what I call a transitional writer, mm-hmm. which is someone who may have worked on shows in the yeah. past, someone who's worked in features, who are coming into, they could be professionals in something else in film, yeah. but are coming to TV, what should they have in their writing portfolio? Uh, right now, 2000, like 2014. It's changed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because it, it's definitely changed and it, and it continues to change every year. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, September 2014, you need to have two strong pilots and one strong spec episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people don't know about that. A lot of people just wrote out spec episodes mm-hmm. um, with this whole pilot boom. But you still need to have at least one strong spec right. episode. Because in the, your di- the difficulty now is um, the idea that because TV has changed a lot, I, I don't know if it's just me noticing it. Or, I mean, it just could be my paranoia, but it seems like a lot more shows are serialized. Mm. Before you'd have shows yeah. that were like standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. So let's say like 10 years ago when you were coming in, they were like, write that spec script, mm-hmm. you know, and you could because it's an episode, you watch like. A whole season of it, mm-hmm. and you know the characters, and I now a lot of shows like there are like character arcs, and they're from jump brand mm-hmm. new shows. Mm-hmm. It's all serialized, and what's the difficulty? I mean, how how do writers get around that if they're saying, "Hey, we, you know, I know, the, I understand the idea of they want to see pilots now because they actually want to see your voice." Because mm-hmm. in the old days, it's like, yeah, it's a, a lot of people don't want that anymore because it's like, yeah, 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 you're gonna learn how to write like me how I want you to, but I really want to see what you sure. sound like as you mm-hmm. because like, you're you're you at your best, right? Yeah. So That's how right. how do what kind of advice can you give us to those of us who the shows that we really really like are serialized and it's like how am I gonna write a show, you know, a standalone spec episode when the show I really want to write for two or three of them. You know they're serialized. It's it's hard. It's hard, and one of the challenges too is even if you pull it off, that spec will only last for a few months mm-hmm. yep. uh, for one season at most, yep. and then you're gonna have to write a new one the next yeah. year because everything's changed mm-hmm. all over again. Right. Um, but the the thing that happens is is almost every show has freelance episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it it it's in the in the guild that that every show has to have at least they're all, one they're supposed to yeah they're supposed to <laughs> I, I mean they can i don't know they can pay a penalty if they don't they but give it to the yeah. assistant <laughs> yeah they give it to the, the assistant or whatever but typically those one or two freelance episodes that are written every season mm-hmm. um, will be less serialized because the freelance writer who's coming in doesn't know all of the arcs mm-hmm. now of course they, they they might hire the assistant and so the at that point um, not every show will necessarily have one that's less serialized, but you can look for them, mm-hmm. and you'll usually find one or two. Sometimes bottle episodes. I, I should mention something about about bottle episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for listeners who might not know what they are, um, they're sort of the save money episodes that happen where towards the end of a season, um, the the show kind of runs out of money, and they know they have they have to put a lot of money into the the, the cliffhanger at the end, mm-hmm. and so. Maybe the second last or third last or fourth last episode, they'll say, we got to save money on this. We're going to use only our sets. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go on location. Um, we're going to have all we're the characters all in one place. on this episode. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, these end up being some of the best, the best yeah. episodes. episodes. The reason is because mm-hmm. it's so much harder to write. Mm-hmm. They put a lot more time into writing those episodes. Mm-hmm. I caution people because those also will be the easiest ones to write. But the problem is they're not representative of the, of the rest of the yeah. show. Right. So, so if you if you see one of those, uh, you you love it, don't write it. Well, my my suggestion I always give everybody is try to find 
I always do, like I did a Walking Dead recently. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the things in the script have, have passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I always try to make it just be in the day of. This is just yeah. another day. Yeah. You know, with all these characters and in a situation we haven't seen them in, but all of them are there. It's just a regular day. It's not a special day. It's not Thanksgiving. It's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I always just try to make it. So when it's serialized, you're not dealing with any of the elements of that person's pregnant. That person's, you, they just got married. I don't deal with any of that. So I just deal with the characters in the situation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that, that, that's a really good piece of advice, especially, uh, and even not necessarily just with serialized mm-hmm. shows. Like, uh, I'll give an example with uh, Arrow mm-hmm. um, on, on CW. Well, okay, spoiler if nobody's seen it, but the, the mother dies mm-hmm. at, at the end, and there's some big changes that are happening, and because the new season hasn't come in, we have no idea how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. So what, what I might suggest is that you wind back six, eight, ten episodes and just pick a point exactly. and say, I'm going to write to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to write a, a, another day that would have happened at that point in the season. Mm-hmm. And sure, the person who is reading it knows that the mother's dead now. It knows that all these other things have happened. But if they can believe that that could have been inserted sure. right. at that point, then it'll play well as a spec. Mm-hmm. And same thing with, with serialized story, storytelling. Um, say, for instance, Lost. You might jump back to a point at that point and just say, okay, I'm not going to bring in any no- anything new. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell another story that could have happened on that day. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm trying to look. I've been watching all summer the new summer shows that have been coming out, like right from the beginning, you know, getting to know the characters mm-hmm. right from the start. And then, of course, crossing fingers that they get picked up for a new season, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, because you know the old adage like, oh, yeah. you might not, don't write for a brand new show that just came out because it yeah. might not last. Wait yeah. a little bit. But the shows that I've been watching now, and of course, you know, everyone loves, knows my genre that I love is sci fi, fantasy, and horror, the weird stuff. But, you know, it's funny because it's like, okay. Sound familiar? Yeah. It's like, I need to write for these shows that I really like. Like, right now, I'm, I'm watching, like, The Strain, mm-hmm. The Last Ship, Extant. I'm watching all these shows that are, like, serialized shows. And I'm like, all right, first of all, Lord Jesus, let these shows get picked up. <laughs> yeah. And number two, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, where can I insert, if I wanted to write a spec for one of these, where can that idea you said find a point, maybe six episodes back or something, mm-hmm. that you can insert in there, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know. TV is the the new the new wave of mm-hmm. the best storytelling going on. I never thought I'd live to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To say that you know I binge watch TV shows, <laughs> I get on Twitter and I talk about shows, and and then we get into the subcultures and stuff because you know mm-hmm. the shows that I like is the, you know The Strain and you know mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. And it's like you know mm-hmm. and all my black friends on Twitter are like we call it you know that strain dim bone you know we <laughs> we rename stuff you know yeah. and and just kind of get that feel and it's like it's so. It's so interactive and so much fun. And even when there's shows that I don't even watch, mm. and I'm, I'm watching the social media and the fandom around it, it makes me like, I don't need to watch that show. Maybe it's something I might want to write for, sure. you know, that kind of thing. So things, I don't know, TV is just, I'm just so proud. TV has grown. I'm so proud of TV, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and like the big thing now is so many, my concern right now is really for those transitional writers who are taking that plunge who have experiences in the other arts, you know, you know, whether it be other, like I said, other parts of production, film, um, a lot of playwrights, a lot Mm -hmm. of comic book writers, Mm -hmm. you know, that are transitioning in there. And I think it's so important because we always think of when we do these podcasts that are teaching people to write, we always think we're just talking to all the newbies, but it's like a lot of this information, especially a lot of information you have in your book, Mm -hmm. Veterans, I'm telling you, it's for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially what I love too is the fact that you've got like 
the transcribed interviews of some of the people that have been on your show. Mm-hmm. And they're so diverse in how they got to where they are. Mm. Like one of the favorite ones I have in there is the, uh, the gentleman who every show he got on, the show got canceled. Yeah, I'm Rick Moraghi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I'm, real. I'm so, yeah. I'm so sorry, yeah. Rick. But, but I loved how he, how Rick just picked himself up and said, you know, it's a learning experience. Let me get in mm-hmm. here. It, one thing he was learning is like, well, I see how people run their, their rooms, exactly. their yeah. writer rooms and things mm-hmm. like that. But the beauty of the book is that there's just so many ways of getting in there and there's no one right way. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the old days was yeah. like, production assistant, maybe become a writing assistant, mm-hmm. maybe they will allow you to like, maybe sit in on the room, mm-hmm. maybe you get to write one little episode, and we'll see what happens, but, you know, and the old adage too is, you have to go to UCLA, USC film school, you have to do, and it's like, there's just, I think it's, it's, it's really giving hope to a lot of people who are coming out. Because I, your story about getting into, trust me, I know a whole bunch of other people too who got into these schools mm-hmm. and just didn't have the money and was like, oh, and then they mm-hmm. see those other people who got in that class and they're like, oh, they're so much further ahead. Mm-hmm. But you have to like rethink that and yeah. really figure out that there are other avenues. The singularity sure. is large, people. There mm-hmm. are many ways to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really, really respect about your book is mm-hmm. that it shows people like, wow, you know, Hey, I could be living in Canada. I could mm-hmm. be living in Mexico somewhere. I could be living someplace else. But if I do these steps, I can make something happen where I am. Mm. You know, like you said, you're in Canada. I'm gonna do my podcast about Chuck. I'm gonna do what I can, and I set my sight on coming to the U.S. and making it happen. And you made it happen. Mm. You know, it might have taken a little longer, but you know, in terms of the quality of writing for people, to me, I don't look at the number of years. You know, whether you're brand new or you've been working a long time, if you've been studying craft, you've been working on making your story the best story possible, all respects to everybody, Mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I I don't want to I don't want to hate on this new generation that's entitled. Oh, hate on them. Hate on them. Because I look look back and and really I I see in my own my own path in the early 90s, I just had it in my head that somehow I was going to finish university Mm -hmm. and just walk out of the out of the door and have a job like i just somehow at the end of that sure. i would just be this screenwriter that i could write a script and people would <laughs> give me a million bucks and and i and and that would be it hey yeah. gray and so, hey gray yeah let me tell you something you were 22 my man yeah no i i was i was i was it, it, but now now and it, and of course i'm a self starter sure. i understand that not everybody's a self starter mm-hmm. but i i really believe that and i and i don't want to hate on these programs i mean ucla usc mm-hmm. there's lots of other great ones out there but i really believe that there are resources and tools right now that you don't need to go yeah, to one yeah. of these schools i mean why why get a hundred thousand dollars in debt mm-hmm. when when you could spend a thousand two thousand bucks on a bunch of books seminars webinars Classes, yeah, workshops mm-hmm. and and because you're not chained to this debt mm-hmm. you can afford to have um uh you know Work less hours at your day job. Have lots more time to write. Mm-hmm. Just spend your time building a portfolio, sure. building material. And I really like that, the yeah. fact that, you know what? If you can't get into USC film school, fine. And if you do get in, use those resources too. And like you said, it's just there's no right way of doing it. Every way is somebody's way of getting in. And so you know, it's true. Mm-hmm. We don't have to hate on those people who got into USC and doing that stuff. It's just that you just have to look. You know, you got to get in where you fit in, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of us are going to get through that film school experience. I remember years ago, um, uh, side note, uh, 
I remember when years ago, do you remember when Maddie Rich came out with mm-hmm. uh, uh, how was that movie? Uh, no, no, no. It was, uh, who was it? He did a film in the Red Hook Projects, uh, Straight Out of Brooklyn, I think oh, it was. So that, okay, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, they were like, he was like the, the, the media darling of the mm. 90s. And I remember when Spike Lee came in, he was like, you got to go to film school. You got to have. <laughs> and, 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 and a part of me now will look back is like. I said he was self-taught or something, right? He, yeah, he just, want, he just had this passion of yeah. doing it. And mm. he, you know, he wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. You know, but he was young and learning, but he just had that passion and that resilience to go out and do it. And that passion carried over to some people, you know, believing that he could do it and letting them do that. Mm -hmm. And I just remember when Spike came out, I was like, well, you need to be. And I remember being young myself then, like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get these old sages like Spike, like, Mm -hmm. well, Spike says, and to me, that's like, yeah, you're supposed to go to film school. Mm -hmm. That's And I thought that's respectability politics at play in terms of who makes who's. Who's the expert or the real filmmaker? Mm-hmm. And then remember after that, there was times when people were getting really pissed off about uh, video, you know, music video directors True. getting gigs and mm-hmm. writing stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, there are many ways. Just like there's so mm-hmm. much diversity on this planet, on plant life, human mm-hmm. life, animal life, resource, whatever. We can't have this model of there's only one, there can only be one Highlander. Mm-hmm. That, that's not, you mm-hmm. know, and not to have people feel bad who don't go to, I think part of me feels that like when people who don't go to film school who have the right credentials sure. or have the right pedigree in terms of, you know, I worked my way at the bottom of one of the big agencies. And mm-hmm. if you have a passion for the craft and you go and you just work your butt off and try to make it happen, mm. everybody should just have that chance well, to make those stories. I mean, it's true. I mean, we have, by the way, special shout out to my girl Bonnie Osborne, who's here today. <laughs> she's my she's my still photographer on like every project I do. She's like oh, one she's of the, the best. one who makes you look so fabulous. She does all my posters, everything. She's oh my fucking god, badass. you are fabulous, Bonnie, because he um, looks fabulous in this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, who is your photographer? She's a pro. Okay, she's a pro. Because um, I remember back in the day when I was working on that project, huh, Bonnie, when. Uh, and Bonnie comes from being like a AC and all that, so she knows the camera like you do, like mm-hmm. a motherfucker. And we were talking about me directing my first project. And I was like, well, you know, I never really directed anything. I don't know if I should. I directed theater because I come from right. theater, but it's not the same. And she's one of the main people who's like, all you need <laughs> is a really good DP mm-hmm. and a fucking vision. Right. Right? Yeah. Ain't that right, girlfriend? Y'all can't hear her on screen. That's my, that's that, my mm-hmm, sister. In the background, that was mine. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of it is we cripple ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably so many writers out there who were on the cusp of really breaking out. Mm-hmm. And they got that self-doubt and they got that feeling of, I don't have the right pedigree or the right tools. I don't know a whole lot. And then, you know, they just crumple and just don't do that. And it's mm-hmm. like now, you know, like I said, with your book, when you read the book and you read how these different people are coming to it, you know, there are opportunities available and you just have to figure out what works best for you. And to me, that's that's so exciting, especially with TV really hungry for new voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every time I'm looking in the trade papers, they're like, and I'm, I almost feel like, you know, I just saw recently that uh, Warner Brothers are laying a lot of people off right now, oh, yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like they're looking for new material. They're looking for new voices. And even though it still seems like trying to get up that mountaintop of making it happen, mm-hmm. to me, this is actually a really exciting ta- uh, time because I'm telling you, for um, uh, the young, young cat who's got extant on TV, mm-hmm. you know, for that to just come out. And, who, who's this person? Let me go mm-hmm. back and look. Steven even though, Spielberg, even though yeah. he's been working a long time yeah, and, and honing his craft, mm-hmm. there's so many new people who are coming out with stuff where I'm like looking on Twitter like, who, who, who this? 
Who, yeah. who, who this woman? Like, who, where yeah. did these people come from? But I realize now that they're looking for it. So even though it seems like the mountaintop is so far, they really want these new voices. And I'm just telling you, you new voices that are out there, you know, get in where you fit in and find that thing. And the main thing you're getting across also is the, the perseverance of, of keeping on, keeping on. Mm. Because it's so, trust me, it is so easy to get disheartened in this business to yeah. well, to beat up on your own self. And too many times we beat up on ourselves oh, as writers. Let me Way ask much. you, Gray. Let me yeah. ask you. So what's your move been like coming here? Do you... Do you how long you been here now? A couple months? Uh, eight months. Eight nine months. months. Okay. So you in now. Yeah. You don't have your platinum card yet. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know you when you walk in the door. Yeah. But they're like, okay, you can come in. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so what's it been like for you moving here now? How do you, do you feel like it was the best choice for you? Are you starting to get out? Are you starting to, trying to get staffed? You know, what's, what's going on for you right now? Um, basically, and it, this is, this has been an education. Mm-hmm. Um, the earlier you can move to LA, the better. Sure. Or, or Toronto, or whatever the, the yeah. center is that, that, that you need to move to. Meaning um, in age, you mean? Or yeah, it, yeah. in age-wise, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who will stay away, mm-hmm. etc. The longer you stay away, the more money you have to raise, okay. um, especially once you have a family. I've, I've got a family that I'm, that I'm supporting, and wow. Um, <laughs> it's not like when you can move to L.A. at 20 and just sure. get a room and a house for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. When you got a family to support, it... it it was a lot harder to do that. Absolutely. And so I've had to put a lot more into just getting the day job going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the writing, for me, still is not the day job. Can't mm-hmm. wait till it can be, mm-hmm. but it's not. So um, it, it would have been a lot slower if I'd come, or a lot. Uh, I wouldn't have had to do that 20 years ago. I had sure. to do that now um, just to get the bread and butter. But you're here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know? but I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's up. Huh. Do you yeah. walk into a room now and it's like, throw down the maple leaf and be like, Canada, bitch. <laughs> I'm bringing it new, fresh, hot. I'm the new hotness. Um, no, actually, bringing that no, new, new. I, uh, um, I, for me, it was, you know, there's, there's a passage in the Bible that says, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back mm-hmm. is not fit for service. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I really came with both feet. I don't mm-hmm. plan to ever, I mean, I'll go visit family, but I, I don't plan to ever return to Canada mm-hmm. uh, to live. Okay. Because I I feel so like that's it, how you have to move here. Yeah, yeah. Isn't I, it? We talk about that. Yeah. All the, you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. you have to come here with that mentality of I'm not going back. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, I'll give it a year, motherfucker. You leaving in a year? Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, not, not only that, I, I really learned through this process that there have to be commitment lines. Mm-hmm. Like you you have to, you have to like for a lot of people they they say for instance I mean there, there's a lot of ways that we can be too we we're very close to it but we're not all the way. Sure. Um, like you, you hear about the career students, mm-hmm. people who are going to every workshop, mm-hmm. every seminar. It, and, and it's like they, they feel like, oh, one more seminar will do it, one more seminar. But meanwhile, 10 seminars later, and, and they haven't gone anywhere. Oh, yeah. right. Um, right. Uh, for, for me, what I really had to do was have commitment lines. Like I, I'm actually filling out and sending in the paperwork for my green card, even though I know if they approve it, we have to move. Like they give mm-hmm. you a window. You have to move within mm-hmm. this time. I had nothing lined up here, mm-hmm. but but I had to have that commitment line to say it's going to happen, or else I would have been in Toronto another five years. Now, mm-hmm. are you are you trying to catch up with all these any of these showrunners that you've been meeting? Oh with? yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm getting to the getting together with them for coffee, okay, getting yeah. together with them for dinners, and yeah. and that kind of thing. Now, what what would be your your ideal type of show that you want to write on? 
Because I know you're kind of, you're a Comic Con head too. He had a cool ass. Let's talk about the that panel. Uh-huh. Yeah, the panel. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. But, yes. Um, what what kind of stuff do you like to write? I know you're. Like I, a I'm 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 not as much towards towards the horror, but I am mm-hmm. definitely genre. Mm-hmm. All right. And I I love genre with a with a little bit of humor in it. Okay. Good. You're part of the he's part of the tribe. Oh, yeah. He's a good he's a good egg. <laughs> Is there any show on TV right now that you could? Give me, give me two, because I know you can't name one, because you know so many people. But like, yeah, I mean, I'd, like I'd love, to, I'd love to write on Arrow, um, right. but I'd love to write on a show like Unforgettable, like, I, like okay. a, even, even a procedural that's got a genre element to it. Okay. I'm, I'm there too. All right, mm-hmm. all right, that's what's up. Now, now, you what? know, I love Comic Con. Yeah, let's talk about your panel. Okay, I want to hear about this panel because there were yep. people tweeting about it, because you know. Those of you who know, I'm from San Diego. <laughs> and when you Comic-Con people come, you make it difficult for me to get my brunch on uh-huh. in the gas lamp. But I love you coming out because it brings money to the economy and it everybody's does. happy. you know. <laughs> but I was reading a lot of great tweets and a lot of good stuff about the mm. panel you did. So. It, it couldn't have gone better. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was my first panel, um, first time at Comic-Con, so I had no idea oh what to God, expect. Oh, my God. You got yeah. the whole... Oh, yeah, I got, I got everything all at once, but it was a, it was a packed house... Mm-hmm. And everybody loved it, and there was uh, there were some things I learned at that time which were really really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? Uh, well, first of all, uh, at one point Carol Kirshner asked, "So how many people here have written a pilot?" Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. The majority of the people in the room had written a pilot already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had thought, you know, Comic Con they'd be newbies or whatever, but I guess there were I'm mean, with two hundred thousand people. There, there were enough people who Everybody were serious writers the, yes. um, that, that came to this panel. And yet, even though they had written pilots, mm-hmm. they had already finished the script, fade out. They were asking questions afterwards like, I don't know how to write this comedy. And it turned out that they had no idea that there was even a difference between single camera and multi-camera from a script <laughs> no, perspective. See, see they, which, bu- they build an airplane and then wonder why I, I couldn't fly. Understand. Why well, is my airplane not flying? I have built this. <laughs> it is not moving. <laughs> and, and the thing is that there's one way to find out. Mm-hmm. Read one script, mm-hmm. one existing script of a, of a comedy, and sure. you're going to find out that there's a difference between single camera and multi-camera. One's double-spaced, one's yep. 40 pages, right. one is... Uh, single space and a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. It baffled me that people are are sitting down at their typewriters and and banging out scripts mm-hmm. when they know absolutely nothing about what works, about the form, about and and I don't know what they're thinking that they're going to walk into Hollywood with a script that doesn't look anything like an existing show <laughs> on the air and think that somebody's going to buy it and, and and make it into a series. Yeah. Um, but when you write a pilot. 99% of, of, of why you would write a pilot is to get a job on staff. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to get on, a job on staff, you have to know not only how many pages are in the script, but exactly what this showrunner's voice is, how they tell their stories, mm-hmm. how they lay out their ABC stories. Mm-hmm. On Arrow, there's ABCDE. Well, you got, you got to know how to layer mm-hmm. five stories together if you're going to write on that show. Right. Um, and, and it just baffled me that there's so many people who obviously want to do it, mm-hmm. But they, they just don't even know the simplest steps mm-hmm. to take. And, and I, I can relate to that in, in one perspective. Um, when, when I did graduate from, from university, I tried to write and I got frustrated. And even when I, when I started 
getting back toward this. Yeah, but they didn't path. have the internet like they did do that. Even though. even with the internet, internet can be can be dangerous because you it's it's a, it's a a la carte kind of thing. True. Where I pick and choose what mm-hmm. I want to learn from. Like say for instance, if I'm having trouble writing a scene, I'll Google how to write a scene. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the path, nobody's laid out a map for me okay. on how on how I need to approach it. Mm-hmm. And so say for instance, when I when I first decided that television writing was something that would really suit me. I, I started trying to write pilots and I got really frustrated because I didn't understand the form okay. and, and I would just headbutt my way through it, try to write more, write more, mm-hmm. write more, mm-hmm. Le- read books on, on pilot writing and still just couldn't wrap my head around the form. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it just dawned on me that you, even though specs are not in vogue and it's not, even if you need one spec in your portfolio, mm-hmm. that's maybe the 20th spec that you've written. And that one spec in your portfolio is a, is a selection of three, four, five good specs that you've written that you can pull out if it happens to be a cop show that you're sure. that you're interviewing for, or maybe mm-hmm. pull out a doctor show mm-hmm. or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I I really believe like um, Aaron Ginsberg, who's mm-hmm. I interviewed my book. Mm-hmm. It, the the way that he and his writing partner learned the form was every show they liked, they would write a spec for. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they finish that, yeah, because you got to dissect the shit out of it. Yeah, Yeah. and and even learning what you like. And and again, going back to interviews in the book, Bob DeRosa, who wrote Killers Mm -hmm. and he wrote for White Collar, um, I love what he said about how the best way to get work is if you know exactly what you like to write and you can tell your agent, tell your manager, every person they talk Mm -hmm. to, they if they can know exactly what kind of show is best for you mm-hmm. then they can sell you better mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of people have have the attitude i'm just going to write anything mm-hmm. no you 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 have to you, put you your, have to have a lane it helps them yeah. for you to have a lane yeah you I got know. you got to have a lane and 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 so like aaron ginsburg uh, and his writing partner every every show that they genuinely like that they would have loved to have worked on that mm-hmm. show well, write a spec for it. Mm-hmm. And then the next show you like, write a spec for that. Mm-hmm. And the next show you like, write a spec for that. And that teaches you the form so that sure. when you go to write a pilot, which is going to be probably in the same wheelhouse, you have an idea of how to tell those stories. Absolutely. Now, can I ask, first, two things. Mm-hmm. Who, who else was on the panel? And the second thing is, if you can do it briefly, if we have time, mm-hmm. um, how do you study a series? Because, you know, it's one thing for us to tell people, yeah. go watch your show and then go write the spec script. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and this is what they will do. They will watch the episodes and then they will sit there and bang out a script. And mm-hmm. they'll look at it like, this is not, they said to watch the show. <laughs> and I should know it should be magic. <laughs> like, how, what are the practical steps of that? Okay, so, 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 so first the panel, uh, Bill Taub, um, mm-hmm. who wrote Automatic Pilot. William Rabkin, who wrote Writing the Pilot. Mm-hmm. Carol Kirshner, who wrote Hollywood Game Plan. And Jen Grisanti, who wrote a whole and bunch Jen, of things, yeah. and right. everybody knows who right, Jen Grisanti right. is. So that, that was my panel. And uh, in terms of studying specs, which is hugely important, and there's actually, I, because it's not in vogue anymore, mm-hmm. uh, people won't find this information necessarily that easily. Or more so the specs, easily. or more so the, uh, studying a series. Like, say you yeah, find studying your a series. series. Yeah, okay. find, you find your series. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing is, watching the series is awesome, but you have to get scripts. You Got to. absolutely have to see how how it's laid out. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing with the internet, and especially for Warner Brothers shows, um, you might get the pilot, and it might be extremely difficult to get mm-hmm. uh, anything else. Well, what, what's the problem? Say, mm-hmm. for instance, I'll, I'll pick Arrow from CW. Mm-hmm. It was a premise pilot. Oh, it, and now I know all the all the educators say don't write premise pilots. Mm-hmm. Premise premise pilot is where the, you basically lay out the 
um, the framework all, yeah. of of the series, but you <laughs> don't tell a story from start to finish like it will be in in the rest of the series. So they spent mm-hmm. the whole pilot setting up setting up what was needed for the series. Mm-hmm. They told kind of a little bit of a story, but it wasn't mm-hmm. anywhere near the kind of story. I mean, one example that the the pilot was five acts. The rest of the show, six acts. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pilot had A B C stories, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a D story. The rest of the show, A B C D E. Because they're still shaping um, it as the, the yeah, they were, they were still out, shaping yeah. it, and and there were major differences in mm-hmm. how how it was told from the beginning versus how it was told toward the end of season two, and so you, um, it it's not impossible mm-hmm. to to write a spec when you just have the pilot, but it's a lot harder. Um, you absolutely have to read scripts and learn how does a showrunner what's what's his voice? I mean, how how does he describe things? Mm-hmm. Um, does he does he do clever three word analogies, mm-hmm. or does he actually tell you what's in the room? And mm-hmm. that's going to be crucial totally. if your script is going to look like right. what is what it's going to look like. Uh, like if somebody could look at it and say, "Oh yeah, that's that showrunner," mm-hmm. um, which you absolutely need if you're going to get a job on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not a premise pilot. If it's actually a sample episode or a, um, Bill Tom calls it a prototypical episode, mm-hmm. then you have a little bit better shot, but it's still not going to be structured the way the rest of the episodes are. Pilot never is. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me uh, piggyback off of that. I always talk about, you're right, I always say you should read the pilot, and if it's in season two or three, you need to read the last season. Yeah. Because it's just what you said. Season one and two might have been four or five acts. And right. then season... Three, they got a new showrunner who's like, no, I like it to be six or seven. Right, yeah. right, you know I mean? right. So you need to see what's current. So you need to try to get the most current version, and you can go to the Writers Guild, yeah. and you can just read it and be like, oh, okay. And you can sit there and take, you can take pictures of it. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do and mark it down exactly. Um, but I also make sure I was telling somebody that I drive my partner crazy mm. when I'm working on a pilot. I'm working on a, a spec because I'll have it playing in the background back to yeah. back to back. I'm just listening to it, mm-hmm. you know, just listening to the sound to make sure I'm hearing the voices perfectly. Yeah. And it just keeps playing on like rotate, right. you know, and, and that's after I've looked at all these scripts. I try to get as many of the scripts as I, if I get mm-hmm. all of them, I read all of them, Yeah, you know, just mm-hmm. so I can see. Yeah. Even if I don't read them, I scan through to make sure okay, they all look exactly I like, oh, this writer, you know, uses adjectives a little bit differently, but it's still the same when they, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, it's hard. I understand that. Um, and the more people you know, really, really helpful. Sure. Um, uh, but if, if you can get later season scripts, it's incredibly valuable. And you can't just get one. You've got to get three or more. Because, and, and, I, and I discovered this, I, I, studying Arrow season two, mm-hmm. big differences. I, I got three scripts to study, big differences in one of them. If I had pulled oh, no. that one out, uh, and I don't know exactly why, mm-hmm. but I mean, different page count. Um, really? it, it Very different in terms of um, what the, one of the, not the main character was the A story, which is not typical for, mm-hmm. for most shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that happened to be the one script that I got, I wouldn't have been able to write a, a, a show like the rest of them. You got to have three so you can establish a pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the one thing that I really do, and one of the things I found the hardest when trying to write a pilot before studying existing series mm-hmm. was how to lay out the A, B, C stories, etc. How to how to tell those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what I like to do is, uh, and I outline this in the book is mm-hmm. is I will actually go through the script, um, or if I'm actually watching from a TV show, I'll uh, I'll watch with a with a counter mm-hmm. and 
every time there's a there's a, a change in like there's a beat in the story mm-hmm. i'll i'll write a line i'll describe what just happened mm-hmm. and then i'll assign uh like an a b c or or d sure. story to it and then i'll color code them afterwards um if i'm doing it from from the script i'll do the same thing draw a line and and actually draw out the page i've and i know exactly I say yellow is my A story. Oh, this is how it lays out right. through the episode. Sure. Um, and and you can you can get a feel for um, wow. Okay, so the A story is talking about this part of of this theme. Well, isn't it interesting? The B story has this part of this mm-hmm. theme. The C story has this part of this theme. And you mm-hmm. you start to get an idea for how they're telling it thematically. Um, one writer who I, I interviewed on the podcast actually later on gave me some advice about it's not in the book, not in the um, It'll interviews. It'll be the next book, uh, hopefully. But <laughs> he, he said when, when they, uh, he was a writer from Warehouse 13, and he, mm-hmm. he said, you, even though the A story is the, 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 the crime or the, the sort of the more obvious story, mm-hmm. he said you always start from the emotional story, always start from the theme when you're building out the episode. Okay. Because once, once you know the emotion that has to happen, then that's the foundation you can build around, and emotion is what's going to make you feel at the end like you've just had a good story. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one of the tricks that I always tell everybody, too, is because a lot of times you'll watch a show and, and say the act one or act two ends on not the A story, because mm-hmm. they do that on certain shows, yeah. <clears throat> especially if they're more serialized. They don't always end on the main character. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, if you're doing a spec, I, st- I would try to end at least my first two or three acts on the main character mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. I start, the whether it's the teaser or the cold open, and I end it on them, and then I come back at the top of act one, right back on them again. And then I go, I end act one, right back on. Mm-hmm. I want the reader, because we're readers, and I read for a lot of different you know, mm-hmm. producers. I'm constantly like, whose fucking story? I'm like always at that, but whenever I do it this way, you already know from the get-go, this is about this character all the way through. Yeah, well, spe- especially for a pilot, because mm-hmm. later on in the series, you get familiar enough with the characters that there's a little bit more license that way. Mm-hmm. But in, in the beginning, when a reader is reading this for the first time, and he doesn't know who John Diggle is, mm-hmm. like, who's John Diggle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you, you have to track the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, the, the act out, you're asking a question, and then back, at, back from the act break, you're answering that question, right? Right. Um, and so, really, and and it bottles bottles down to or boils down to with a pilot, you really have to discipline yourself to tell a simpler story, mm-hmm. because the more important thing than the crime of the week mm-hmm. is the is the characters, characters and setting up the world and, and all all this kind of thing. So you do, I really do believe you have to tell some kind of a prototypical mm-hmm. typical. Um, story the way you're going to be telling it later, sure. but it has to be extremely simple because people have to resonate with that character. Yeah. And you can have all the big fancy doodads in your script, but if it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not feeling these characters, that, that's that show is not going to last. And I'm yeah. so glad you you outlined that how to study a series because some of us are out here like just watching the show and just watching it and eating popcorn, going, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. And you were sure. like, color co- people, get your color coded pens, get your <laughs> notepad. This is work. Do you hear what did you hear what Gray just said? Mm-hmm. You are this is an active engagement with watching. It's not watching in the passive sense. It's watching in the more assertive working. It's watch work. Yeah. So you're actually like breaking it down. Write down the A, B and C story. Absolutely. Write down what the theme is. 
put questions to yourself like why why do they put that there that's interesting like you have to actively be and i've been doing it this summer like mm-hmm. every episode the extent that comes on mm-hmm. i'm sitting there writing stuff down like yep. is that the a way are we following this and you know other shows i like you know the strain and all those other ones too i'm doing the same thing like yep. literally i have like reams of paper my hand hurts and i'm like this, <laughs> this is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> this should not be this hard, but I appreciate it because mm-hmm. really, and and as I watch the shows now, well, those show are complex comes, characters. Yeah, so it's, complex. it's 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 thinking, and you're learning that voice of those those characters. You're learning that world, and it's mm-hmm. just it's training you. It's mm. work, people. It is yeah. working. And it's it's work that doesn't necessarily take that much time. Though. Yeah. Like say for instance, especially if you love the show. It's yeah. Like, if you love ooh. the show, say 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 Tuesday night nine o'clock the show's on. Mm-hmm. I might watch it the first time. Just as a viewer, yep, mm-hmm. and then it's on my DVR. Mm-hmm. I go back through it, and um, and I try to ask myself questions. Okay, what's the theme? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the A story? What was the B story? Mm-hmm. What was the C story? Then I'll watch it again. This time, pausing at at, at each scene, mm-hmm. write that out. Mm-hmm. Within an hour, hour and a half, I I've got it all broken down. Yes. I got all the beats. I got all the yes. A B C D E stories. I got it, the theme and sure. and all of that written down. It. I mean, it doesn't take that long. I exactly. love how you say that because, like, the first viewing is just for your own pleasure. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like when I first watched The Strain, I was like, okay, let me watch it for the pleasure. Like, oh, okay, I'll, okay, I don't know if I like this character. We'll see. And then the second time, all right, I'm gonna jot some notes down. And I literally was looking at my timer. Yeah. You know, for act breaks, like, okay, how, how long is this taking? How long should? And it's just really just doing the work and just really getting a feel for it. And even though it seems like a lot, like I said, if you like the genre and you like the show, it's gonna it's gonna go quicker oh, yeah. the next mm-hmm. time you do it. Yes. Well, on that note, cool. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. here with us. You rock. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, I'm say the title of the book. I, I, oh, I'm God, about I to say it again. Oh, I'm Such just gonna tell book. everybody. Please, please, you guys, go out right now and get Gray Jones's new book, "Breaking Into TV Writing: Insider Interviews," and it's all about um, um, breaking in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that. Some good. Re- he's good got so many resources, like listing of. Books, mm-hmm. listing of writing, you know, TV writing program, like Definitely. Writers on the Verge, mm-hmm. just such a wealth, and it's so inexpensive, and you should be charging more mm. for it. You are, I tell people, I may later, I may later. You know what? Because I think a lot of times we, we, you know, we, we undervalue ourselves because mm. you give yeah. so much. Like literally, I was sitting there like, okay, let me get the book, and like literally all day yesterday, I was sitting there like reading, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> let me go, and I had to like open up another page, like let me go look at this website he mentions, and what's this book? I'm on Amazon looking at the book <laughs> and stuff. So please, please get it. I mean, it's it's worth it. Uh, hopefully, you charge more, Gray. <laughs> Make you money. Make you money. Yeah. And right. I, I should Good mention stuff. my my website, tvwriterpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I am writing a second book on mm-hmm. uh, pilots. Um, pilot writing. When is, when is it coming out? Coming out. I'm just about to start a busy day job for the next <laughs> few weeks, but probably early October. Okay. Okay, that's I gotta decent. wait. I gotta yeah. wait a couple. Okay, winter gotta, time, okay. you can be reading it. All right. yeah. that's cool. I'll have it soon in my hot little hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, everybody, don't forget, you got to check out his TV writer chat. You guys still doing that on Sundays? At the first Sunday of every month. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. And um, where can they find you on Twitter? On Twitter, at Gray Jones. G-R-A-Y Jones. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to repeat that again at the end. I just want everybody to, while we're all tied in, let's get to this. Right. Okay. So what we're going to do next, Gray, Mm. we're going to do a little segment that we do we call the Don't Sleep On Them segment. And what this is, is it's a little moment where we give a little little shout out to a writer who um, is is up and coming. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Give them a a a little plug, if you will. So this writer 
this 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 thing we're going to read right now is from a writer named um, um, what is her name? Lily Mercer. Yes, her name is Lily Mercer, and I've I'm. She came from Screenplay Festival. She mm-hmm. actually won with this script. Wow. Um, I think a few years ago. And so I put out a thing to Rick Reynolds over at, at Screenplay Festival. Hey, that, Rick. Yeah, what's up, Rick? To whoever is a winner or even an honorable mention winner that, you know, they can submit to this. And if mm-hmm. I like it, we'll read it. Great. So, however, Lisa and I tend to not even read it. We read it live. Uh-huh. So that we can discover what The real it is. honest yeah. gut reactions. Yeah. yeah. So let's just read this page. We'll get in, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, cool. Uh, can you give me a quick... Oh, sorry, forgive me. Um, so again, this one is called Falling Into Place. It is a quirky um, character drama. Um, okay, character drama. It's about a 40-year-old widow on the verge of suicide who picks up a 99-year-old hitchhiker, and as their relationship unfolds, he helps her live, and she helps him die. Wow, it's a heavy. quirky, quirky it's drama. Quirky. It sounds like, Canadian. It's almost like <laughs> almost kind of Harold and Modish and yeah. kind of that kind so of. So let's get in. All right. Background: A haunting Native American flute solo plays softly. Exterior: Desert mountain cliff. Day: An attractive woman, 39, takes a deep breath and dies off a 50-foot cliff. In slow motion, she falls to the ground as if performing a perfect swan dive. The desert floor, which had loomed far beneath her, now slowly approaches. Background music stops. Six inches from impact, her body jerks back, face down, reaching the end of an invisible string. She blinks several times and grits her teeth, willing her body to the ground. No luck. Cut to exterior, desert highway, day. Chris Delancey, the woman from the cliff, travels down a scorched desert highway. She has a look of a soccer mom, but her demeanor is anything but playful. She is guarded on edge, and running on empty in every way. The cacti and red dirt on the road shoulder appear just as dry as she is, barren, lifeless. Like an oasis, a convenience store appears in the distance. Chris spots it and slowly comes out of her gaze, pulling off the road into the gray lot. Exterior, convenience store, continuous. Chris walks out with with a pack of cigarettes and a small brown bag under her arm. She awkwardly opens the cigarettes, lights one up, takes a puff, and immediately begins to cough. She continues in spite of her lungs as she drives out of the parking area. Interior, exterior, Chris's car. Chris continues down the highway smoking a cigarette. An ambulance siren screams in the distance. She grimaces. Hmm. Okay. So what do you think, Lisa, Lisa, Colt, Jam? Because there's no dialogue on the mm-hmm. first page, mm-hmm. this script is starting off by trying to give me uh, atmosphere, kind of mm. give me a feel for character. Mm-hmm. And right now, she's giving me a little bit of information about our hero, Chris. Um, I really did like the opening with the taking a deep breath, diving off the cliff in slow motion. Mm -hmm. Because one, it's kind of a quick, really quick visual way Mm. of letting me know, like, this is what her world, like something is actually happening in her world where she Mm -hmm. feels like symbolically she's diving off a cliff. And the question it brings to me is, why is she jumping off this cliff? And is she going to land? in a good place for this character. So already it's creating a sense of curiosity about this character. And then when we cut into the desert scene, you know, all the visuals in terms of the highway, the desert mm-hmm. being dried out, it kind of gives me a feel that Chris is, okay, she's probably middle-aged. She's coming to that crisis moment. Mm-hmm. So it's still building a little bit of curiosity. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely curiosity. You know, a lot more curiosity. And then, of course, there's that cute kind of character moment when she's coming out of the convenience store with the cigarettes and she kind of 
smokes it. So right now, what it's really giving me is a little bit of atmosphere. I probably would have liked to have seen um, maybe her interact with a, a couple of other people or something. Mm -hmm. But for the first part, it really it, it makes me want to turn the page. But for sure. right now, it's very atmospheric, mm -hmm. and it's really giving me visual cues as to who this character is. I was I was trying to figure out that she's trying to kill herself. Like what was what was going on in mm -hmm. there? Hmm. But then she leaves late because I love I love how she says um, she grits her teeth, willing her body to the ground. Mm -hmm. No luck. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. It almost has a rhythm to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, and then I love um, later on in, in the exterior desert highway where the cacti and red dirt on the show on the <clears throat> on the red on the roads of the shoulder appear mm -hmm. as dry as she is, barren, mm -hmm. lifeless. I love that. Um, that gives a sense of her, mm -hmm. you know, so that she definitely has a dark past, like something's yeah. not mm -hmm. right with this yeah. girl. Um, but I agree with you. There could be some sort of an interaction between somebody something. else. Just, mm -hmm. just so I can just hear her voice a little bit or just see how she, it's, you know, it doesn't even have to be dialogue. It would have been interesting to see her just interact with another. How, how does she react with other people? Yeah. You know, is she introverted, kind of guarded? Is she sure. friendly? Is she somebody like, you know, just kind of give me a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think, Greg? One, one thing I, I, I would say as well, I mean, it, I, it's very compelling. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, especially that first image, you, you really, really get shocked in the beginning, which mm -hmm. is nice to pull you in. Mm -hmm. um, and readers, or sorry, viewers won't, Listeners, I keep thinking it's video <laughs> podcast. Listeners won't won't see how this is written on the page, but it, to me, it's written very much like prose. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's uh, I I don't get any sense of um, how this is told. Mm. It's just described. Mm -hmm. Where where I think they're um, just with a little bit more white space, breaking these I breaking these thoughts up. Right. Um, it could be structured in a way that really gives you more of a sense of how this is being told, mm -hmm. and and also. Just gives it more action mm -hmm. rather than just sort of tableau, tableau, mm -hmm. yeah. tableau right. kind of feel. Yeah. Right. I agree with you. I think she definitely needs to break up some of the beats because some mm -hmm. of the beats are two or three different beats in a paragraph. Right. And they could be dropped and they would definitely have more white space yeah. that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. You know, totally agree with you on that. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's good, you know, and um, I kind of see why she may have won if she continues to write this way. Mm. You know, <clears throat> she probably has a lot of interesting passages throughout the entire mm -hmm. script you know um so that's what's up yeah Good and, job. I, and i Go would ahead. add one thing is is uh it that that type of story would most likely be told as an independent film mm -hmm. and independent independent films tend to be a lot more atmospheric true mm -hmm. true and it feels it feels like a smaller movie yeah. you know definitely character driven the yeah. woman whoever plays chris is probably going to be a good role for them mm -hmm. um so what do you think lisa you good i'm good okay well, thank you very much. That was um, Falling Into Place by Lily, Lily Mercer. Mercer. Go ahead, Lily. Exactly. So thank you, Lily. Um, so again, where can they find you, Gray? On Twitter and all that stuff? Where are you at? Twitter, at Gray Jones, G-R-A-Y Jones. Mm -hmm. And tvwriterpodcast.com is the hub for all the resources. That's all the database and everything yeah, is in there. Uh, Twitter database with Twitter handles for over 1,000 writers. I'm talking showrunners, and everybody is on there, too. Good. Yeah, it's links to free scripts as well. Mm -hmm. uh, eight, over 85, 86 interviews now, wow. um, video interviews, and, and you can get them in audio form through the Script Magazine iTunes feed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's oh, we links. didn't get in the Script Magazine at all. I apologize, but yeah. shout out to Script Magazine. You yeah, guys rock. Script. I love, mm -hmm. I love Script so cool. Magazine. Yeah. And speaking about Script, there's links on, on the website to hundreds of free scripts. Mm -hmm. um, 
So and you and see, in the book, you, there's... okay. Do you see how much stuff he is giving you, people? <laughs> <laughs> like, even if you couldn't go to film school, at least you can get an alternative education by to, by listening to a lot of the stuff that Gray's talking about. All his resources he's put up for you. There is no excuse, people. <laughs> there are resources and information out there, so you don't come exactly. embarrass yourself at Comic Con and raise your hand with your little pilot script <laughs> and don't know what a goddamn ABC story. Exactly. And that what? There's more than one camera. There's multi. I have no idea. You building planes and they're not going nowhere. Exactly. You didn't put the engine in there. Yeah, engine is good. So where can they find you, Lisa? Lisa? Oh, I'm always on Twitter, but don't follow me. <laughs> Don't do it. Just don't. You know you gotta tell Gray. I'm just, you know, because I just, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> she be on there saying some shit. Let's just leave it like no, that. No, I you know what? What? I, and it's funny because what 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 you see on there is just me, unfiltered, and all of that. And I know people talk about as a writer, you have to build your brand and you have mm-hmm. to have your professional. You know, I'm just me, and I always <laughs> feel sorry for people who follow me, and then they they get me like, and then oh, this film. You know, film and stories and sci-fi, <laughs> and then I talk about something in real life. It's like, oh, oh, we gonna follow now. This is too much, too much. You know, and it's like, you know what? You have to take all of me, <laughs> all of me. But yes, if you want to follow is, me, she is, <laughs> I, I'm me on purpose. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to. I talk about all kinds of stuff. I'm a huge fan of genre stuff and comic books and foreign films and just all kinds of cool stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, Twitter. Okay, and um, again, special shout out to my girl. Sitting over here taking photos of us and stuff. <laughs> Bonnie Osborne, you guys, still photographer. So if y'all need somebody, holler at me and I'll hook you up. Um, I am Hilliard Guest. And again, you guys listen to the Screenwriters Rant Room. You can follow me on Twitter um, at Hilliard Guest. You can follow us um, at Screenwriters RR because Screenwriters Rant Room was too long. See how Very they do? long. You see yes. how they do it? You see yep. how they do it? It's conspiracy. <laughs> um, and if you guys want to submit to the Don't Sleep On Them segment, hit us up at screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. So thank you again, Gray Jones. You're welcome. Been you a lot guys, of fun. tune in. TV Writer Podcast is still the best podcast out there. So you Go know what's up. Go get his book, people. Exactly. Get the book. And Lisa, thank you. Bonnie, thank you. Again, Screenwriters Rant Room, where we do what? We keep it street. We keep it opinionated. Yep. And we keep it what? 100. 100. Thanks. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rant room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. We get to random. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rant room. Ah.